Hi, my name is Lori Turner, and our scripture reading today is from Matthew 10, verses 11 through 15. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Hear the word of the Lord. Hey, Grace 242. Last week, I showed a clip from a 1991 Saturday Night Live skit called The Richmeister. And Saturday Night Live made several of these skits with the Richmeister, and here's one with Steve Arolo and the Sandstress. Steve and Sandy, making copies. The Steve Man and the Sandster, making copies. Sting, <laughs> der Stinglehofer, making copies. The McStingster. In the skit, the Richmeister's desk is located near the copy machine. So often as Rich riffs on the people's names, he'll punctuate his riffs with making copies. One of Grace 242's action words in its mission statement is making disciples. To make a disciple is to make a copy of Jesus. To make a disciple is to reproduce your life of following Jesus in the life of somebody else. To make a copy of your life of following Jesus in the life of somebody else. Last week, after playing the skit, Bryn throughout the day was saying, making copies, so it's stuck in her mind, so the linguo is sticking. To make a disciple is to make a copy of Jesus, to copy your life of following Jesus and the life of someone else. In part one of this message, we looked at Matthew 10, verses 11 to 15, where Jesus sends out his disciples to make disciples. And we looked at Jesus' method for making disciples. We looked at Jesus' method for making copies of himself, which is the person of peace method. Let's look in depth at this person of peace method in Matthew 10, verses 11 to 15. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Jesus' method for making disciples, for making copies of himself, is the person of peace method. Jesus offers a peace blessing. He opens himself up. And then when somebody responds peacefully or when someone responds faithfully, Jesus works with those people. He opens himself up, and those who respond in peace, Jesus works with them. That is the simplicity of Jesus' person of peace method for making disciples. I know I reference this conversation a lot, but it perfectly illustrates this person of peace dynamic. Several years back when we were on the ASP trip, I got to talking to another trip leader by the name of Sean. And somehow we got to talking about discipleship. And then Sean said this, he said, do you remember how you used to go into cafes and you didn't even have to ask for coffee? You would just turn your cup up and then the waitress would pour coffee in it. Sean said, all pour for anybody, but you have to turn your cup up. A person of peace turns their cup up. A person of peace is open. A person of peace responds favorably to the blessing of peace. 
This is part two of this message, so I want to go deeper this week on Jesus' person of peace method. Let's look at verses 11 to 13 of our scripture reading today in Matthew chapter 10. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there, and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. Last week we said that pronouncing a peace blessing over a home was like planting Yahweh's flag in the home. It was marking the home as territory that belonged to God. It was pronouncing God's rule, God's reign, God's protection, and God's presence over the home. And the home that responded to that peace blessing, the home that accepted that ownership of Yahweh over the home, that home proves itself to be a worthy home. What I notice about Jesus' instructions to his disciples is the intentions are not kept secret. The disciples arrive to town essentially announcing their intentions, proclaiming a peace blessing over a worthy home. This is not a secretive thing. The disciples are very clear and very upfront about what their agenda and what their missional intentions are. The disciples are very clear about their kingdom intentions. Conversely, I see a lot of Christians today who are quite the opposite of the disciples and go to great lengths to hide their faith. We live our faith in secret, hoping that we'll never be found out as a Christian. And I think one of the reasons why we hide our faith is because we fear being excluded by our culture. We fear social exclusion. I think others of us justify our secretive faith with the rationale that faith is something that's supposed to be kept personal and kept private to the individual. Well, simply put, that rationale goes in direct conflict with Jesus' great commission where he commands all believers to make disciples as they go throughout their lives. You can't make a disciple and keep your faith private. Furthermore, look at Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. If we're the light of the world, we can't hide it under a basket. That's what Jesus is telling us. I think another reason why many of us keep our faith hidden is because we're just not that excited about Jesus. When you're not excited about something, you don't talk about it. And the inverse is true too. When you are excited about something, you can't stop talking about it. Recently, Dave and Julie Koskinen texted me a picture of them eating at Raising Cane's for the first time. Why would they text me this picture? Because Dave and Julie know how much I love Cane's. And why do they know this? Because I apparently can't preach a sermon without mentioning Raising Cane's or Chick-fil-A. Why can't I preach a sermon without mentioning Cane's or Chick-fil-A? Well, because I get excited about these places. You don't keep secret what you're excited about. You can't stop talking about what you're excited about. And many of us just aren't that excited about what Jesus is doing. Jesus' person of peace method is not secret. The disciples arrive to town announcing their intentions. Pastor Tony Evans asks, If you were put on trial for following Jesus, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Or would you be found innocent? of all charges. There's this sobering verse that we just read in Community of Men, and it comes several verses after our scripture reading today. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 10, verse 33. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. 
Jesus' person of peace method is not a secretive way of operating. Disciple makers make Jesus known. This next application might come as a surprise to some of us. Let's look at Matthew 10, verse 14. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. In verse 14, Jesus instructs his disciples, if you cannot find a household of peace in that town, then shake the dust off of your feet and move on. In the ancient world, shaking the dust off of one's feet was a sign of renunciation or disassociation. In verse 15, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah are mentioned because they were destroyed for their wickedness. And the shaking of dust in verse 14 was a sign that not only was the disciple breaking fellowship with that city, but they were abandoning the city to their fate, a fate similar to Sodom and Gomorrah. They were leaving the city to the judgment of God, like Sodom and Gomorrah were judged. Essentially, the statement to the city was, you have rejected God's kingdom, so God is rejecting you. I find this kind of surprising, because Jesus is essentially telling his disciples, if you can't find a person of peace, if you can't find a household of peace, if you can't find anyone who is open to you, then stop wasting your time there. Stop wasting your time and move on to somebody else. Stop expending energy that's not producing anything and move on to someone who is open, someone who is peaceful, someone who is willing. Jesus gives this same instruction using a metaphor in Matthew 7, 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Jesus is saying, you would never throw something valuable in a pig pen. Pigs don't even know what to do with pearls. They're not going to value those pearls. Similarly, you're not going to throw something holy, something that is set apart, something that is devoted. You're not going to give that to a dog who's just going to chew that up like a bone or bury it in the backyard. No, you're not going to give these valuable things to animals that aren't going to value them. What Jesus is saying is, you're not going to give something as valuable as the disciple-making mission. You're not going to spend all this time reproducing your life of following Jesus in the life of somebody else if that person is not open to it, if that person is not willing to receive all of that. You're not going to give something valuable, like making a disciple, to someone who is unwilling to receive it or who won't value it. When I was at Moody Bible Institute for my undergrad, I remember riding the train with a friend of mine at one point, and my friend and I got to talking with this other guy on the train about matters of faith and Jesus and salvation and the way to eternal life and so forth. And this man was very hostile to all of the things that we were saying, and he was disagreeing strongly with what we were talking about. And at one point, I remember my friend just kind of shutting down and even saying to me, Bill, stop arguing. Just stop talking. And I remember being frustrated by that. And I thought, no, no, this man's mistaken. I mean, he's on his way to eternal destruction. Like, we got to talk to him. We got to convince him, you know? And what I didn't realize in that moment is my friend was applying Jesus's principle of shake the dust off of your feet and move on. My friend had accurately determined that this man was not a person of peace. In fact, quite the opposite. This man was extremely hostile to the things that we were saying. And so to argue further or to continue talking would only be a waste of time and would actually maybe even just agitate and inflame and anger this man all the more. And so my friend was wise to say, just stop talking, just give it up. He's not open, we gotta move on. Surprisingly, Jesus tells us not to waste our time on people who are not people of peace. 
don't waste our time on people who are not open to us. And I think one of the reasons why Jesus tells us that is because we can't change hearts. Only God can. It's almost as if Jesus is telling us, leave the heart change, leave the life transformation, leave that up to God, because only He can do that stuff anyway. Your job is to make disciples. Your job is to make copies of me. So if you find a heart that's not open, then move on to someone else because only God can change that heart anyway. Move on to a heart that is open. Move on to a life that is open to transformation. Now for you note takers out there, let's quickly review our points of application before jumping into the third one. How does Jesus' person of peace method of making disciples apply to us? Well, number one, intentions are not kept secret. Number two, don't waste energy on the unwilling. And lastly, number three, the house is mission headquarters. Look at Matthew 10 verse 11. And what are the first two instructions when the disciples enter a town? Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at this house until you leave. What are the instructions upon entering a town? Number one, find a worthy person. Number two, stay at their home. Find a person of peace, find someone who is open to you, and then stay at their house. Or make their home mission headquarters. Make their home mission HQ. Jesus' person of peace method is not just the most effective method, but it's also the method that Jesus himself uses. This is why Jesus instructs his disciples in this method, because it is Jesus' method. Jesus' commission for his ministry through his baptism, then he succeeds where Israel fails by fasting in the wilderness for 40 days. After his hometown of Nazareth rejects him, Jesus heads to the city of Capernaum where he calls his first disciples, Peter and Andrew. Look at Mark 1, verses 16 to 18. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. After calling Peter and Andrew, Jesus sets up Mission HQ in their family home. Look at Mark 1, verses 29 to 33. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons, but because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Jesus wastes no time in making Peter and Andrew's family home, Mission HQ. Because already in the evening, the townspeople are bringing the sick and the demon-possessed to Peter and Andrew's family household for Jesus to heal them. For Jesus, the home is Mission HQ. The house is mission headquarters. Just this past week, I had a phone call with someone who was asking me about Grace 242. And so I explained to this person our house churches and our corporate worship gatherings. And, and after explaining this, this person just said to me, wow, your church has kind of an early church feel to it. And I said, I'm actually honored by your statement because our name, Grace 242, comes from Acts 242, which is a statement about how the early church operated 
So we have a high value on how the early church did things. And so to hear you say, wow, your church has an early church feel to it, makes me very honored that you've picked up on the fact that we at Grace 242 value how the early church did things. Here's how I think this uniquely applies to us. The fact that we have house churches here at Grace 242 makes a statement, and that statement is, we believe Jesus's method for making disciples works. We believe Jesus when he makes his mission HQ a household of a person of peace. We believe God does amazing things as far as his mission under the roof of a household of a person of peace. And just like God did amazing things in the homes of people of peace in the New Testament, I see God doing amazing things in our house churches. I mean, we have not been immune to the challenges of the past two years, and there's been a lot to grieve over the past two years. But despite all those difficulties, I have seen the Lord move more in the past two years in our house churches than in my entire lifetime before that being connected to the local church. I've been part of the local church my entire life. I grew up in the church, and I have never seen God work like he's worked in the past two years under the roofs of the homes of people of peace in our congregation. And I'll tell you, I am proud and I am blessed to have been a part of that and to be witness to all of that movement. I have seen the Lord on the move like I've never seen him work before in my entire life. I just want to invite us to think about our house churches for a second. I want to invite you to think about the house church that you're in for a second. Might there be a person or people of peace in your house church? I mean, we're at an advantage toward the mission here in that I feel like we already have a potential person of peace network set up in our house churches. That you might already have a person of peace right there in your own house church. Or some of you might be saying, I'm not ready to disciple someone. I feel like I need to be discipled. Well, maybe that person to disciple you is in your house church and you just have to ask that person. And you just need to reach out and say, would you disciple me? Maybe that person is right there for you already. And I just want to talk to the house church leaders for a second. House church leaders, these people that come to your house every week, I think they've proven themselves to be worthy people. Why? Because they come to your house every week. They've proven themselves to be open to you. So house church leaders, how might you lead your house church thinking about the people that come to your household as people of peace, as people who are open to you, as people who have proven themselves to be worthy. How might that be a layer that you can add on top of your house church gatherings each week? How might you view your house church worship services thinking about the people that come to your home as worthy people who have proven themselves to be people of peace to you? Thank you, Grace242, for having me as your pastor. It is a joy and honor to serve in God's harvest field and be on mission for Jesus with you all. I'll see you next week. Love you, Grace242.